Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, March 1st. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So big story that came out late yesterday afternoon, and that is that Caitlin Clark, arguably the top player in all of women's college basketball, has declared her intention to enter the WNBA draft. She did it on a social media post. She said that while there is some unfinished business with her number six Iowa Hawkeyes, she's decided to set her sights on the future and declare for the WNBA draft. And what does this mean to us? Well, of course, the Indiana Fever have the number one draft pick. So does that mean Caitlin Clark is automatically coming to Indianapolis? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, what a, what a uh, and look, the Fever have hit some hard times and obviously they've been at the top of the mountain in the WNBA. But if you were to, I mean, there are certain years where you get the number one, and this is true in all sports. Um, it's like this year in football the bears have the number one pick and even though they already kind of have a quarterback this caleb williams is considered you know a generational talent in the lines of you know andrew luck and peyton manning and john elway and so great on the bears there's some years where the number one pick is a linebacker or a lineman it's luck of the draw and the fever have hit you know, life's lottery in terms of players because mm-hmm. they have the number one pick. She's clearly going to go number one. You're talking about, from an organizational standpoint, not only is she a good player, but the revenue mm-hmm. that she will generate for, let's face it, could you name right now one player on the double, on the Indiana Fever? No. I, I think, wasn't that Boston chick? Wasn't she the number one pick a couple of years ago or last year or whatever? And I only know that because they had the number one pick and they drafted her. I don't even know if that's her actual name. I think that's her name, maybe. And that's not because we're like bad citizens. There's just not a lot of enthusiasm around the WNBA. But there's a lot of talk about it now. And it's interesting you say that. Could I name one player? No, I couldn't. But guess what I did last night? I was on the Indiana Fever website seeing how much season exactly. tickets were. Yeah, Aaliyah Boston. See, I got it right. I got yeah. one I got one person right. And so you're right. You will go you are probably going to go to a game. Your husband is probably going to go with you. Your daughter may go. Mm-hmm. They will probably it's, it would not be surprise me if throughout much of next year they are able to sell out Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Here's the deal. You can't just go buy tickets. You have to fill out a form and they'll get back to you about it. And the general manager for the Fever, Lynn Dunn, she said, our staff is preparing for the upcoming WNBA draft, and we will select the best player available <laughs> with the number one overall pick. Well, uh, look, I, I can appreciate that because you never know. Something could happen between now and then. However... What? She gets arrested on right. drug smuggling charges? Like, what could possibly happen? Wouldn't you respect Lynn Dunn more if she said, hey, you know what? We want Caitlin Clark. We're going to pick her. If she's still available at the time, she's a available to play yeah that's who we're taking well this happened in the in the um in, on the men's side in the nba draft this past year with that victor webanyama guy mm-hmm. who's uh, nine feet three or whatever he is and he's this you know most hyped player ever and they were like we'll do our due diligence we'll get the best player we don't shut up like you're drafting this we guy we all know what you're gonna you're, do the fever are drafting caitlin clark and it's phenomenal for them it will create immense excitement at least for one year now this will wear off a little bit 
because she'll be the novelty you'll wear off. She's mm-hmm. clearly this great college basketball player. We see this all the time, though, in college where college players don't translate to the pros or they're, they're not, you know, sh- she doesn't turn into the Michael Jordan of women's basketball. The novelty is going to wear off, and the novelty will wear off anyway because, let's face it, there is just not the interest in the WNBA like there is the NBA or men's college basketball. There's not the interest in women's college basketball other than games she plays in. And again, a year, maybe two, it'll wear off. But maybe she will become a fabric of the city. Maybe she will become, you know, a Reggie Miller type institution where she's here for 10 or 15 years and is beloved and becomes a integral part of the team. Right. Yeah, you're you're right. And hopefully that will. But great for the fever. Mm -hmm. At least for one year, they're going to get a huge bounce in interest and attendance and as long as she plays well and the team mm-hmm. does reasonably well uh they should be able to sustain that for at least a year and it'll be good monetarily for the franchise and for the city people will come downtown they'll eat here they'll stay here they'll you know hopefully all of those things monetarily i wonder if it will be good for her because it's uh being reported that what in her nil she's getting like eight hundred thousand dollars that's a that's a lot of sponsorship money she'll need to be making up well, but we talked about this with her leaving school because she was eligible to come back. Mm-hmm. And I said, she's going to, I got it right again. And you know, Casey. I know. It's your least favorite part of the show Pe- when you have to tell everybody how right you are. People are all, we're like, well, why wouldn't she come back? She's making so much money. Mm-hmm. Her records, which she is, you know, she's already set the all-time women's record. She's going to get Pete Maravich here very soon now. She is not Pete Maravich. Mm -hmm. If you in any way, in any way, (laughs) try to equate Caitlin Clark and Pete Maravich, you need to just stop yourself and you need to seek help and an intervention and a history lesson because what Pete Maravich did was in three years and he did it without a three-point line. If Pete Maravich had had a three-point line and been able to play all four years, there would it would this conversation wouldn't even be remotely close to taking place. However, by women's basketball standards, she has eclipsed every person who's ever played. She's completely blown blown it out of the water, and she did it in four years. Mm-hmm. If she'd have gone a fifth year, there would then be an asterisk of right. yeah, but there's no asterisk here. She's the greatest women's basketball player of all time. She's the most hyped women's basketball player of all time, and she will forever have that, no matter what happens in the pros. But that was dependent upon her getting out after four years. So you mentioned the three-point line and breaking records. She is the all-time scorer in women's college basketball, and when she broke that record, she did it from the logo. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? It's exciting. I'm ex- I'm excited for her to come to Indianapolis. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope that's the way it works out because it'll be good for the team. It's good for the city and it's good for the branding of Indianapolis uh, to be known with all of these sporting events. The last thing comparable to this was the year the Colts had the number one pick and took Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing comparable before that was when the Colts had the number one pick and took Peyton Manning. It's it's there is no doubt there's nothing negative about this it's all positive it will be great for the franchise it'll be great for the city of indianapolis now whether it lasts probably not but at least for this first year Mm -hmm. it's going to be very very good for everyone involved todd young weighed in on this of course he did your senator he said with apologies to my friends chuck grassley and uh joni ernst this is exciting news for indianapolis and then of course i had to run to the comments this was his twitter post (laughs) have you ever read that if you have never one of the guilty pleasures in life you will find (laughs) is reading just how many people hate todd young and and let him know all about it on the comments section well it's like okay this is a nice post it's about caitlin clark 
Clark and he's giving a little friendly ribbing to uh-huh. his colleagues in the Senate and exciting news for Indianapolis. And then, of course, me right to the comments. And they are, are you resigning as well, Rhino <laughs> boy? <laughs> Dying to get your hands on her tax dollars for your pals in Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, it's just like he he gets a little taste. I'm sure he doesn't read the comments, but uh, they're there for your enjoyment. Well, he's such a narcissistic egomaniac, though. He may actually know what people say about him, and it probably would bother him because anybody who doesn't kiss his ass. Of course he knows as he has his security stop you from talking at the Stax Pancake House. They are. Todd and his people are avid listeners of the show. They did let us know that. Oh, he knows. Uh, There's a new study that came out. It says eight in 10 swing state voters think that Joe Biden (laughs) is too old to run again. 62% of of voters blame him for the uh, border crisis. This is another poll that was done, and it's just more of the same thing. This was from uh, Bloomberg News Morning Consult. Yeah, so that's important to note. We always note the pollster, so you can't say... It's some radically right-wing organization. It's not Breitbart. It's not Newsmax. It's it's Bloomberg Morning Consult. They poll all the time. And the fact, like, so how do you, this is what's interesting about Biden's age and his clearly declining mental state. There's nothing he can do to undo that. Right. It's already baked in. You can't, like, if you, like, in 1994, when the Republicans swept the House with the contract with America, Bill Clinton was able to look at that and at the time people said, well, Clinton's dead in the water in 96. And Clinton said, uh, 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 uh. And he was able to, over the next two years, work with the Congress. He worked with Gingrich. They passed, you know, a balanced budget, which is like so foreign now that that could be done. And the American people looked at that and said, Bill Clinton, listen to our concerns and we will reward him for doing that. It could be salvaged. He, he had the ability to change. Clinton's a, a political animal. Clinton's a political animal. And he did. There's nothing Joe Biden's going to do that's going to make people change the, their mind about his age or his mental faculty because he can't fix it. Well, doing the half jog step that he tries to do to show vigor right. and talking about his wonderful sex life with his wife Jill. <laughs> these these things aren't going to make him seem younger and uh, following Donald Trump to the vo- border just looks worse too. You, you, are, you are what you are and Joe Biden is a old, feeble man who's clearly does not have his mental faculties about him. And there's no way, you you know, you can't undo that. He It's not a policy issue. It's what people see every day issue. And he can't, he's, he's, he's not going to get better. He's not going to get better by November. It's not like he's going to be out there, you know, looking like Ronald Reagan, you know, who was also an old man. Yet when he ran for reelection, people were like, dude, it's morning again, America. And Reagan's tough talking to Soviets. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've got this economy starting to roll again and and you know America's back baby and Reagan you know even though he was old at the time was the central figure of that uh it's the same reason Trump doesn't get the age thing because Trump looks and sounds like a much younger person and I'm wondering if that's why they chose uh Katie Britt to be the response for the 
Uh, it could be. Because she is so young and it'll be such a contrast to Joe Biden. You know, she's 42 years old. She's a mother with young children. And then she will be directly after 81-year-old yeah, Joe Biden who's well, going to stutter be. through an hour-long State of the Union address. Could be. All right, there's a new stock that is the best-performing stock in the last 30 years. Oh, wow. Do you know what it is? Okay, so what's the question? Do you know what the best performing stock in the last 30 years is? Uh, I think I do. Gained 200,000 yeah, percent. I think I think I know this and I think it's not going to be what people think it is. Uh, I have not seen this story. You have it on the template. Mm-hmm. I will guess it during the break. Okay. And you can tell me, Rob, you're so great because I think it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a surprise uh-huh. until you hear who it is and then you'll say, yeah, that seems about right. I look forward to telling you, Rob, you're so great. That's on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> Do you dabble in the stock market or is your entire 401k dependent on it? Well, you might want to listen to this next segment because we're going to talk about what CNBC is calling the best performing stock of the last 30 years. It is 21 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So any guesses you want to work through it? Well, you, I mean, I was working through it with you during mm-hmm. the break. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you verified it. You not have the story up. Nope. You know, I don't read the template anyway. You just tell me this <laughs> segment right before we go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So in my mind, if I were doing, just, just work through this logically, you said 30 years. Mm-hmm. So that would automatically rule out like Facebook. It would rule out Amazon. They haven't been around 30 years, so they're out. Um, on the service, you might one might say something like Apple, but Apple's had too many dips and flows and they were in bad shape before when uh, jobs came back. Same thing with Microsoft, lawsuits, et cetera. I mean, I know it's done very well, but it's had dips and flows. Um, Walmart seems to, you're asking me this as though it's something I wouldn't get. So Walmart seems too obvious mm-hmm. and Walmart has been hurt by technology and these, you know, these online things that can deliver groceries, et cetera. Um, so that what doc- if I narrow it down for you? Well, I mean, uh, you were pretty good with the Facebook and it's not a tech type. Yeah, well, here, so in my, in my line of thinking here, it would be something with a very famous person at the head of the company who has driven the bus on it. No, 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 not. Okay. Well, my guess, then clearly my guess is wrong. I would have said Berkshire Hathaway is what I would have guessed mm-hmm. just because Warren Buffett is such a juggernaut and he's in so many different things. I would have guessed Berkshire Hathaway. That's clearly wrong. Nope. That's not. It. It's something that you drink. Is it Coke? It's not Coke. It's monster beverages. What? Yep. No way. Okay, time out. No, 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 no. There's no way monster beverage is worth more than Berkshire Hathaway. It's not what's worth more. It's just what is the better investment and performing better. Well, well, Since, well, now well. listen to this. Since 1994, monster stock has appreciated by 200,000%. That means if you invested $1,000 in monster energy, monster beverage in 1994, that stock today would be worth two million dollars. Okay, well, so in thirty years. Okay, so it, okay, I get what you're saying. Okay, so I feel like I'm losing this on a technicality though, because <laughs> like Berkshire Hathaway stock, mm-hmm. 
over 30 years, value-wise, actual dollar-wise, has, I'm certain, gone up more than Monster Energy stock. But you're I don't know. 30, you take $1,000 in 1994 and it's worth $2 million today? Uh, okay. That's like, a really good investment. I can go back five years on Berkshire Hathaway mm-hmm. and it went from two. What, what, are, what are your numbers that you're saying? What is 200,000% increase since 1994. Okay. But the, but my but my, what were the numbers you had like an act you gave me actual numbers on that so like Berkshire Hathaway stock in 2018 was roughly two hundred dollars a share it's now four hundred and seven dollars a share right and Monster Beverage on Friday was trading at fifty five dollars okay. a share so right. definitely yours is the value of each individual stock is worth more but over the long term the percentage invest- wise I see yes. what you're saying okay very good all right uh, okay. Well, I would have never certainly gotten that based on that. Based on that, no, absolutely not. I'm That's surprised. crazy. I'm surprised that this company—they're posting net sales of 1.86 billion dollars. Monster Beverage. Now they do have Coke, which has invested. It was about 17 percent in them, and now they've upped it to about 20 percent. But this isn't this huge Coca-Cola, Pepsi conglomerate like you think. It's a individual company. It's been around for a long time since 1935 monster beverage has and it was almost going to go bankrupt in 1988 and then these uh, saxon schlossberg they acquired it they took it public in 1990 two dudes and they completely transformed it and turned it around so i've never understood the energy drink world do you drink no Okay. No, they would turn my stomach. Well, so this is my question about these because I see the, um, like there's pretend monster. I don't even know that's probably not the right <laughs> word to use. But Fake there's, monster. There's, there's like, if you're at the in the gas station or whatever, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. monster and then there's like other brands. Are these other brands the equivalent of like a Walmart cola would be to Coke or Pepsi? Because they, they seem like they're much cheaper, mm-hmm. but I didn't know, is there an actual taste difference? Is there an actual... And clearly, you're not the right person to ask it. Kev, you seem like you've probably done something with these that the legality could be in question. You ever had these energy drinks? I've had them when I was younger, but I didn't drink them a lot. I never really liked them. Yeah. I think there's one, uh, it, the Red Bull. It Red tastes Bull. like a sweet tart to me. This is interesting that Monster is better than Red Bull because you see the Red Bull ads all the mm-hmm. time. It doesn't seem like you hardly ever see a Monster. A uh, Red Bull ad? I think Red Bull, don't Red they? Red Bull. The, it, they sponsor all sorts of X Games Yeah, events. but it's the ad. Red, Red Bull gives you wings and it's the guy mm-hmm. you know floating up in the air. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever seen a Monster tell I think part of Monster's success is that Coke, Coca-Cola, agreed to give them global distribution. Oh, So yeah. you got a partner like that, you're right. talking global sales. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I could totally see that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, that's part of it. Okay, other news that came out yesterday. Did you hear this? Naked Gun is doing a reboot. It's going to come out in 2025 with Liam Neeson to star in the role that... Leslie Nielsen had. So, so we, there's a tongue twister, right? We got into this on Off the Rails yesterday because oh, Hammer and Nigel and I had a long text thread, I guess, two days ago or whenever this came out that this was going to happen. I'm okay with this mm-hmm. because uh, people forget uh, Leslie Nielsen, uh, in who was in the original Naked Guns, was best known as a dramatic actor. He had not done hardly any comedy whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And even like Robert Stack in Airplane was known as a dramatic actor. So initially you'd say, well, Liam Neeson, he always does these deeply serious Mm -hmm. roles. Well, so had people like Robert Stack and Leslie Nielsen. And that's part of why it was so good because it's, 
it's funny to begin with, and then it's even more funny when these otherwise serious, accomplished actors are playing these ridiculous scripts and and um so i'm i'm okay with this leslie uh leslie liam neeson Mm -hmm. is such an accomplished actor and he doesn't need the money there's no way he would do this unless he felt he could pull it off and do it well he's just gonna do it for fun i think he'll be a good script i think he'll be i think he'll be actually pretty good at this i'm okay with this and can we all agree the best scene (laughs) in the original naked gun Mm -hmm. is when they're coming out of the theater and um Hermits Hermits is playing in the background Mm -hmm. and they're laughing hysterically and then the camera pans up and they just came out of the movie Platoon. (laughs) That's right. I forgot about that. Who do you think the female uh, romantic lead will be? Boy, that'll be... Besides, I mean... It won't be Priscilla Presley. Right, it's not going to be Priscilla Presley. And I think OJ's probably out as Nordberg, so... Well, here's another good scene from the original Naked Gun. I couldn't believe it was her. It was like a dream. (laughs) But there she was, just like I remembered her. That delicately beautiful face and a body that could melt a cheese sandwich from across the room. (laughs) And breasts that seemed to say, hey, look at these. (laughs) She was the kind of woman that made you want to drop to your knees and thank God you were a man. (laughs) Yeah. What? She reminded me of my mother, all right, no doubt about it. (laughs) That's where it got weird. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Stay prayed up. That's what he said. You might remember during the Super Bowl, a commercial, and I'm not talking about the one from uh, Matt Damon or Ben Affleck when they were promoting the Dunkin' Donuts. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Uh, That's what Mark Wahlberg said when he was promoting his new app. It's called Hollow. Have you heard about this? Do I look like someone who would know about Mark Wahlberg's new app, Hollow, Casey? No, probably not, but I I thought maybe you might have remembered seeing the commercial during the Super Bowl. As I said very clearly during the the post-Super Bowl show, I don't watch the Super Bowl commercials or get giddy about them because they're going to be on for the next nine years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have three apps on my phone, Casey. So, no, tell me all about Mark Wahlberg's fabulous new app. Well, I would love to tell you all about it. It's uh, It offers prayer on the go. Sounds great. Uh, here he is. Let's uh, let's check it out. God, we take this moment just to give you thanks. We thank you for this time to come together as a family, as friends, and as a country. Help us, Lord, especially this Lent, to grow closer to you. Amen. Join us in prayer this Lent on Hallow. Stay prayed up. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Now, this seems like a wonderful thing, because mm-hmm. anytime someone can pray for you, there is immense power in prayer. Uh, is he doing this as a money-making operation, or is he just running a prayer soup kitchen over here? What are we doing? Well, of course it's making money, Oh, Rob. I see. Um, well, okay. that kind of takes some of the... Some of the- <laughs> In Some fact, of the feel good out of it, doesn't it? A lot of money, possibly. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, maybe to the tune of billions of dollars. Oh, so he launched this app in 2018, and it is a it's it's a Catholic app. Yes, it's called Hollow, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to offer prayer on the go. You can get a monthly subscription to it. I believe it's nine ninety nine, or Wait. a yearly subscription, and it's sixty nine. Time out. Time yeah. out. Time out. You got to pay money mm-hmm. for people to pray for you? Well, it's 
it has different things in the app. Like there, you can hear audio versions of reading the Bible and different things. Uh-huh. I haven't opened the app to know exactly, you know, the different. Right. But I know that there's multiple different things that are it offered. It sounds in it. like in that ad, though, the premise is. I want people to pray for you. Here's an app where people will pray for you. And that's kind of where they're directing. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it. People aren't paying $9 a month to have an audio version of the Bible. The attraction here is people will pray for you. And it sounds like that when you get there and say, hey, I'm having this catastrophic event in my life. Yeah, that'll be $9.99. Thanks. So this is one of many that have apparently flooded the market in the recent years. Uh, Their popularity spiking, of course, and it really started becoming more popular during the pandemic. Yeah. When many churches were closed and people decided to turn online. And, uh, you know, we talked about how uh, religion is big business in many cases. You've heard of, uh, what's his name, Joel... Osteen. Osteen. Yeah. His net worth is like $50 million. And Mark Wahlberg, who is the co-owner of this app, co-sponsor, co-partner, he sets to make just like $400 million a year. Like I'm trying to think of during during childbirth, and we Mm -hmm. told how about after 16 hours, my Mm -hmm. wife got somewhat stuck during the childbirth. And Life Church set up a prayer chain for her. Mm -hmm. And you want to doubt the power of prayer, here you go. Within like an hour, that baby was was born after the prayer chain had been set up and everything turned completely around. I'm trying to wonder, like, what can you imagine? Hey, Micah, could you set up a, a prayer chain for Gabrielle as she's giving birth here? Yeah, sure, that'll be $9.99. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, that's what this sounds like. I mean, it's like... It's just, it just sounds like you're totally getting hoodwinked into this ad. Like, hey, man, people want to pray for you, which is awesome. You should mm-hmm. totally pray for people. There's immense power in prayer. And they're they're like getting you all fired up about that. And then you go and then you, will that be a monthly subscription or would you like to go ahead and take the uh, the year subscription mm-hmm. to be prayed for? Thank you. $69.99. Uh, well, I mean, don't you think anything that is going to turn someone towards prayer is a good thing versus the opposite? Yeah, and we help the Salvation Army every year. Casey, we help the Salvation every year at Radiothon Mm -hmm. because that's good to help people. When people show up at the Salvation Army, they aren't like, yeah, your chicken dinner will be 10 bucks. Thanks. Here's another thing that I wanted to ask you about. Um, Now, uh, Mark Wahlberg, he's very much an open person about his his Catholicism. Yeah. I think he's married to the same woman for many years. They have four or five children. He's recently moved out of Los Angeles to get away from all the woke culture, although he moved to Las Vegas. But how do you feel about someone who started out in their career, became famous for being Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and doing the Calvin Klein underwear commercials and is now promoting this hallow app stay prayed up it's it's, quite a transformation well it is it's great that mark Wahlberg has immense faith and i think that's wonderful and i think it's wonderful that anytime there's something that enhances the amount of people that are that are praying for others Mm -hmm. but again it's like 
I don't know. There's just something the way that ad was. Maybe it's just the ad itself that kind of is rubbing me wrong rather than the actual thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like it. they really made it sound like an ad where you're saying, hey, look, you come here and people will pray for you because there is power in prayer. And then you're telling me eh, it's really a multi-billion dollar company potentially that wants to charge you a fee. I think that's maybe more so than the app itself, that ad and the way the ad sounds versus what. The- is, he, is it because he's trying to make it sound hip and cool? and engage a younger audience? No, he's... he's, Kev, play that... Can you play that ad again? The ad makes it sound like if you're in need of prayer, this is the place to to get... Can you play it again? God, we take this moment just to give you thanks. Uh Uh-huh. We thank you for this time to come together. Love it. As a family. Yeah. As friends. Uh Uh-huh. And as a country. Sure. Help us, Lord, especially this Lent to grow closer to you. Amen. Join us in prayer this Lent on Hallow. Stay prayed up. That sounds like if you're a person in need or needs prayer in your life, Mm -hmm. this is the place for you Mm -hmm. to come to. Much like when we do Radiothon for the Salvation Army. Hey, if you're down on your luck, if you've been a victim of domestic violence, if you've lost a job, if you've had a drug habit, this is the place you can come to get your life back together. But first, you have to pay $9.99. And, you know, people might say, well, they ask for donations at church. Mm -hmm. And churches are nonprofits. Mm -hmm. Like your local church Mm -hmm. is a nonprofit. And this is what you're telling me. This is uh, Mark Wahlberg has not set up a nonprofit on this. There will be someone profiting. Wouldn't it be something if he turned it around and donated all the money away, though? Well, if he's been around that long, wouldn't he have already started to do that? Didn't you say this thing's been around right, several since years 2018. now? Right, I mean, it's maybe just I, gaining more popularity now. There, it sounds like that. I, you know, and again, I could totally be. You could we come back Monday and say, Rob, you've totally missed the boat on this. This is just so wrong. I just I think the ad itself mm-hmm. is kind of what rubbed me in the wrong way. He needs a new read on it. Yeah. New production. Yeah. Something. Okay, Susan Beckwith is going to join us next. We've got the uh, Friday edition of Mind Your Manners, and we're going to talk about vacations. Multi-family vacations. Yes. spring break on the way you've for totally many people. Done, you've totally done these, haven't you? I have totally done this. Yeah, and it's a good time. It's on the way from 93 WIBC. It's a lonely Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Susan, looks like I'm losing. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And oh, Casey, it is that time. Each week. Yes, Friday. Yes, and that is our final segment of the week. Mm -hmm. And every week, we wrap up the show the same way. We send you, our beloved audience, who we we value so much, Mm -hmm. into the weekend with the tools and the traits necessary to become better, more productive members of society. Yes, maybe some better manners. And we call it Mind Your Manners. Yeah, and you know, we didn't just find any amateur or schlub to come in here and give us advice. We, as we do, well, we've we we've got, got a, we've got someone. We've got somebody. And, and she's, she's beautiful. Yeah, boy, she's uh, she's way too nice for us. She's the former Miss Indiana. Her name is Susan Beckwith. Alright, Susan, I think this is going to be a very valuable um, segment this week because we are getting ready for spring break-a-palooza. Mm-hmm. And Casey, I don't know, are you a person who's ever gone on 
a multi-family spring break, like you went with another couple or yes. another group of people? Yes, right. I have. That sounds like a train wreck waiting to happen. Of mm-hmm. course, you know I despise people, so I don't ever go anywhere <laughs> with people. But uh, if you're going to, Susan, this seems like a very valuable segment today. Yeah, it's very timely. I know that a lot of families where our kids attend love to go to, um, oh, what's, is it 40A? Is that what it's called? 30A. Well, not 40. What in the world are you talking about? 30A. <laughs> what, is this like an island somewhere? Pardon? Is this like an island somewhere? What are you? What, Longitude can, and latitude? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you telling us? What are you even saying? <laughs> no, I think it's close to, oh gosh, your listeners are going to be um, like, so disappointed in my geography skills here, but I think it's in um, Atlanta, Georgia area, or somewhere down south. I don't know, or maybe it's Florida. I don't know. I uh, obviously need to go back and uh, study my map. I'm a little so bit glad. I'm so glad this happened to her because I feel like this sort of thing is normally what happens to me, yeah. Susan. It's in my mind, and I just can't spit it out. So I, I'm glad that I'm not alone in this. Well, oh well- gosh. Whether you're going to Anchorage, Alaska, or this imaginary place Susan just invented. It or... is 30A Beaches. Oh. It's in Florida. Oh, it's a real place. <laughs> yes. It is. Okay, now where is it? I Now I have to know. It's a stunning stretch of coastline located in the Florida Panhandle. Okay. In, okay, so. You're talking the about being... the, the Emerald Coast is what it is. 30A. What is even happening right now with this segment? We were supposed to talk about how not to ruin your multifamily vacation. Are we talking about PCB and uh, that whole area in Florida? It's gotta be. Alright, so, oh. so, so you have the map, Casey. What, what are you asking her for? She didn't even know what the place was called. <laughs> I live there and I've never heard it referred to that. That's all. Uh, that's crazy. Alright, so wherever you go, whether it's... I the, caused us to go right off the rails. You so did. I'm so sorry. Good job, yeah. Miss Indiana. Perfect. Alright, so you're going on wherever you're going. Whatever Whatever trip you might be going on, Susan, you're going with more than one couple. Teach us the etiquette to make this a successful multifamily vacation. Okay, so we're going to start off with a really good good one that I feel like um, is you know can be a source of contention. But who gets the master bedroom? Oh yeah, that's so, a great oh, yeah. point. Typically, the person or the family that has handled the bulk of the trip planning gets the master. So if it's been fairly even, then you can even, you know, flip a coin, leave it to chance. But if there's somebody that's taken the bulk of the planning, they would be privy to the master. Mm. So, okay. So like if you, like, let's say our families went on vacation together. No doubt my family would do zero work on this. You and Michael <laughs> would, get the master, would get the master bedroom. Of course they would. All right, Susan. So you get the master bedroom on our multifamily trip. What's next? Okay, so the next one would be, what if you go to your destination and one family wants to go see a different attraction or go do something different? Is that okay? Yeah. Well, the answer is absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's just you really need to, again, have good communication and, you know, you're setting up expectations from the beginning. So it'd be good to discuss that prior to the trip. Yeah. So, like, say Casey's Mm -hmm. family and I, my family went on vacation. Casey wanted to do something boring like walk in the woods, and I wanted to do something like fun like go to the bar. That Mm -hmm. would be okay. Yes, absolutely. I just think, again, a key with multifamily trips 
is going to be about communication. And, and it's okay to overly communicate because you don't want there to be any conflict. You want this to be a really fun, memorable experience for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. All right. Is the Mind Your Manners segment. Susan Beckwith, our former Miss Indiana, is uh, the star of the show. She's teaching us etiquette this weekend about, oh, for the weekend, about multifamily trips as you prepare to head on your spring break. All right. So, so far we've established if people went on vacation with me, Susan's family would get the master bedroom. Casey could do, go do her boring walks in the woods. Susan, what's next? Okay, so who takes the lead when you have multiple planners that love to research? And I actually have a couple friends where I've seen this um, play out where both of their husbands are very gifted in this capacity. So really, again, it, uh, communication is the key. And whoever is this selected to to be the lead, then you have to respect that going forward. Don't try to circumvent them to, you know, create, um, you know, any sort of issue. Just respect that you made the choice and yeah. stick with it. Okay, so this, okay, this, I think this would work well, like with either Susan's family or, or your family, mm-hmm, Casey, because mm-hmm. your husbands both have shared interests of mine, so they would pick things that I would like. I'm okay with this. Yeah, letting somebody else take the lead. Yeah, absolutely, because they would pick things that I would probably like to do anyway. And if you didn't like it and you tried to make it a situation, you would just get voted off the island. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, w- 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 one more. One more. What else? What else on these multifamily vacations? What's the etiquette? Again, plan ahead. So we've talked a lot about communicating, but making plans in, in, in advance as far as meals out, mm-hmm. if you're going to cook, who's responsible for what. So not leaving that to chance or to chaos, but just being very intentional is important. Your family goes on vacation, if, I feel like, all the time. <laughs> back for one yes i'm anxious to know where's your favorite place that you guys have been casey where's the favorite place you've ever gone on vacation oh boy that's a tough one to pick because you're a world traveler well you know i've been a few places i will tell you i've got top three and they're all continental oh wow and it spans the entire u.s wow i would say northern california uh pcb Mm -hmm. driving along the pacific coast highway Uh race point is beautiful um and then i love hiking in Denver or doing Ooh. some in the woods, mm-hmm. as Rob would yeah. say, See, in, in the Rocky Mountains. But then for beach vacation, it's really got to be a toss-up between Indian Rocks Beach and uh, Destin area yeah. in Florida, which is where the 30A is that <laughs> Susan was referring to. <laughs> oh, my God. Although I the, think I was such a fan of where in the world is Carmen San Diego. I think I need to return. Uh... <laughs> what about you, Rob? Well, you know, I get nervous when I go on vacation because I look, I feel like I have some form of diplomatic immunity mm-hmm. in Brownsburg and I'm largely protected there. <laughs> but once I leave the greater the Hendricks County line, I just am worried something bad's going to happen to mm-hmm. me. I get nervous driving to work each day. So uh, I've look, I've been to a couple of Bruce Springsteen concerts in other states and you told me that counts if you stayed in a hotel. Yes, because you were like, I don't go on vacations. <laughs> I've been to some concerts. Have you stayed in a hotel? Yes. Uh, it counts. All right, Susan, tell us about your very fabulous website, Bell of the Midwest and the Facebook page. So if you're currently planning a trip with multiple families and you would love to send them a blog post about this, you can check it out on my website. <laughs> it is called How to Pull Off a Multifamily Vacation and Remain Friends Afterwards. Nice. So you can check that out. There's lots of great topics. We have a, a one coming out that's on salon etiquette. Um, but I'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Instagram if you are not following me there already. 
Bell of the Midwest. Bell L E E B E L L. Boy, we are on fire in this segment today. It's Friday. Let me, let me try that <laughs> it's again. It's been a long week. B E L L E of the Midwest.com <laughs> and find it on Facebook. Susan Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. It sounds like we all need a weekend. Let's go home, Rob. Separate homes, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And mostly, thank you for listening. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.